You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. The world is always on. But you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. At Mattress Firm's Black Friday Now Sale, save up to 60% on Sealy with Queen Mattresses starting at $279.99. Talk to a sleep expert today and unjunk your sleep. Sports are easy to disagree on. Let's see what happens when sports talk hosts talk about something they agree on. Hold on. I'm saying drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Well, I disagree. I think drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. (laughs) Come on, man. Wait, I think we're saying the same thing. Oh, so uh, what do we do now? Everyone agrees that drivers who switch and save with Progressive could save hundreds. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2020 and May 2021. Potential savings will vary. Hi, and welcome back to Who Did What Now? The history podcast that is not your history class. With me, your terrible host, Katie Charlwood, vacant podcaster and reader of books. So, I've been away for a while, as many of you know. Have you missed me? I missed you. Oh, seriously, it's been, it's been interesting. You see, I'm still in the middle of renovations. And unfortunately, I lost my voice three times in four months. Which, honestly, 0 out of 10 would not recommend. It was, it wasn't, it was really tough. And I had recorded an episode, but my voice is awful. I'll probably still release it once I get around to editing it. But even I'm listening to it going, ah, ah no. It's almost as bad as the shark arm murder where I'm just speaking so fast that even I have trouble understanding what I'm saying. But uh, I suppose I should give you a wee life update. I am still working. I'm still doing renovations. Uh, I I am fully vaccinated. Woo-woo! And 
you know, with, with restrictions easing and things like that, I've been visiting places very carefully with, you know, I'm, I'm following all the guidelines. Uh, I went to Dublin, I was filming in the Epic Museum. So that's the Irish Immigration Museum in Dublin. It's like this interactive museum and it is fantastic. I really, really enjoyed it. I would absolutely recommend it for anybody who has any interest of, you know, history, Irish history, um, history regarding immigrants or immigration or the diaspora, anything along those lines, fantastic, would absolutely suggest everyone go. If you're in Dublin, it's just a really, really good time. There's a bit where you, there's even this like, I wouldn't say music and culture bit, where they, they have this bit on the floor to try and teach you how to Irish dance. And I already have no rhythm, but oh, I sucked. Oh, I was so bad. I, I did surprisingly well on the pub quiz though, but I digress. I really hope uh, to go back to Dublin soon actually, but I think I'm probably gonna visit Sligo first and then go for a few places from there. Uh, my, my personal life is a little bit better. So basically I came to the conclusion throughout the pandemic that I was gonna take better care of myself and look after myself and do things. Treat yourself. You know, like in Parks and Rec, and you know, yes, I decided I'm gonna treat myself. So I have actually booked a ridiculous hotel in Edinburgh for my birthday in November. I am so excited. You have no idea. I am so excited for this. And I, I am gonna film and stuff when I'm there because I'm, I'm gonna utilize the opportunity while I have it. Cause you know, I spent so long not caring for myself and avoiding things and and I think my cousins are trying to organize stuff as well which is really nice we're all starting to like reconnect which is really nice oh and then a turn of events I actually deleted my dating apps my dating apps my phone I was like you know what I'm I'm content right now with how things are going I don't want to be actively looking for other stuff right now I think I'm good the way things are in my personal life right now and that's all I'm gonna say in the subject but anyway, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, quit your jibber-jabber and fact me. In fact you, I will. But first, we have to get our source on. So, this week's episode, I decided to go for some modern history. And I thought, it's time to talk about a sleazeball. Because I want to talk about how Elvis Presley was human trash. Our sources today are... Elvis, what happened? by Steve Dunleavy. Elvis Presley, A Southern Life by Joel Williamson. Elvis and Me by Priscilla Presley. And one of my favorite resources, findadeath.com. Yes, I am in fact a death hag. Let's face it, you're not surprised. Okay, Elvis Presley, the absolute gobermouch. So let's get to it. Elvis Aaron Presley was born on January 8th, 1935 in Tupelo, Mississippi. I feel like I've pronounced that wrong. Anyway, to Vernon Elvis Presley and Gladys Love Presley. Unlike the rest of his life, this was not smooth sailing. 35 minutes before Elvis came into the world, his identical twin brother, Jesse Garen Presley, was stillborn. His father was basically of German, Scottish and English descent. His mother was like Scots-Irish, but French and possibly a little bit of Native American. Unlike many white Americans, 
believed that their great-great-grandmother was some kind of Cherokee princess. His mum... So Elvis is, like, really close to his mum, like, super close to his mum. You know those boy mums you get that are weirdly obsessive and have some sort of... Yeah, that's what Gladys was like. He was super, super close to his mum, and she was a very, very dominant personality. Anyway, in 1948, the family moves to Memphis, Tennessee. And Elvis, he loved singing in church. Good for him. But it wasn't until 1954 where his music career really takes off. Elvis gets to quit his job as a truck driver because he is signed by a record label. And by 1956, he is this massive, massive star. See, things were really lucky for him. He lucked out at this time period because in the sort of 50s, 60s, this is where the teenager the concept of the teenager really comes into fruition. It just, like, appears. So, lucky for him, unlucky for, you know, 14-year-old girls everywhere, this becomes his fan base. Like Beatlemania, wherever Elvis went, there was a swarm of teenage girls. So, 1956, Heartbreak Hotels comes out. It's his first number one. He starts starring in movies. You know, everything's going well for him. Um, he purchases Graceland in Memphis, and he gets his aides and his bodyguards to bring 14-year-old girls over to Graceland so that they can strip down into white underwear and have pillow fights and tickle flights and wrestle. Sometimes Elvis would even join in in the wrestling. How, how disgusting. So when he's 22, he's going on tour. So yeah, Elvis starts going on tour, and whenever Elvis is on tour, there was a plethora of teenagers. And 13-year-olds he wasn't interested in, but once they hit 14, it was like it was the magic number or something. And he was like, yay, this is it. Which is creepy. He didn't like to sleep alone, like, ever. He always wanted a girl in his bed. And he always had his aides bring him, like you know, like a steady stream of girls. And it'll be like, it was a different time. The argument only works if, if the majority of people in that time period believed it to be appropriate. And let me assure you, they did not, especially the mothers of these girls. A child is still a child. So he starts starring in movies and he becomes a bigger star and he becomes really controversial because he's like shaking his hips and he's this weird sex symbol. So not only is Elvis appropriating moves and music from you know, the black community and the and black music, rock and roll is all stolen from black people, which is, you know, already putting him on a dodgy list for some people. He then, his whole appeal, the people who are obsessing over him are teenage girls, which is like another whole thing. He's poisoning the minds of the youth, which in most cases I'd be like, oh yeah, whatever. But in fairness, he's a sleazeball, so I'm not gonna agree with them on this one. So in 1958, Elvis's mother dies. And Elvis does not take this well. When Gladys's coffin is being placed into the grave, Elvis does the extreme mama's boy thing and physically leaps into the grave. Like, he jumps in on top of, on top of the coffin. Like, I don't care who you are, that is not normal behaviour. So he's drafted. He's stationed in West Germany. And he meets the young... Priscilla. So like, she heard Elvis was there and she wanted to meet him. So one of the other guys was like, I can totally arrange this for you. 
Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. And she gets introduced to Elvis. And they start dating. And her parents originally are like, Dear God, no. Let's not be having this. You know, because, you know, there's a 10-year age difference. There's a decade in between them. And that's, that's a bit much for them. But eventually, you know, they get to know Elvis. And they're like, he is a kind young gentleman. And remember, Elvis doesn't like sleeping alone. So he, the 24-year-old man, had a 14-year-old child sleeping in his bed beside him. And Elvis was like super into foreplay, uh, partially because he had a weird obsession with virgins and virginity and motherhood. So him and Priscilla are dating and they're basically doing everything but. Anything but heteronormative penetrative sex everything but and she's begging him to like finally do it but his weird obsession with like virginity and motherhood like he thinks motherhood is this sacred sacred thing and he could not have sex with a woman if she had given birth like if she was what he believed to be a mother he couldn't do it it was just something that physically repulsed him to his core he just couldn't be at that so yeah priscilla moves into gravesland She gets permission from her parents to fly over because she's still, like, 17 or something. And then she gets, like, grounds to be able to stay. He basically does a sort of adoption thing in order to keep her with him. But anyway, she ends up moving into Graceland. So when he finally starts, you know, sleeping with Priscilla, um, he would basically pull out and pray. He believed that, that not coming inside her kept her a virgin somehow he'd managed to twist it in his head that that's how I I don't know anyway so he does that he basically and they start taking like drugs and booze and he takes photos and he keeps them all in this silver case and they're photos and videos and he has these two-way mirrors installed in Graceland so he can have these wild parties and he can watch people have sex because he's a fucking creep and without their consent, I might add. Like, if someone's into that, I'm not here to yuck anybody's yum. But like, if you're into that, fine. But consent, consent is key. You know what I mean? So anyway, he brings women into the bedroom so that they can simulate having sex with Priscilla and he can film it, photograph it, so on and so forth. So after a couple of years of them living and sitting, as it were, his manager is like, You need to marry her because it will ruin your image if you don't. He didn't want to get married, obviously, but they do. They get married. He, you know, doesn't pull out in time. Surprise, surprise. And Priscilla becomes pregnant. So when Priscilla becomes pregnant, he just can't touch her. He's done. He's not into that at all. He just stops. Like, he just stops. He's like, no. Again, because he has this weird obsession with motherhood and that now that she's a mother she can't be touched then because he is an absolute cretin 
continues, I should say, sleeping with other women, other girls, preferably virgins, preferably 14-year-olds, and this continues. So he's having affairs and he's having affairs for years and then Priscilla's like, no, I can't be in this loveless marriage anymore. And she ends up having affairs of her own. So eventually she goes to Graceland and she tells him, I'm leaving you for karate instructor Mike Stone. And Elvis does not like this information. And Elvis, being an emotionally stunted piece of shit, then forces himself upon her, telling her this is how how a real man makes love to a woman. And then he rapes her. He hits her and then he rapes her. But even she, because of the time period, struggled to see that as an assault. She just said it was forceful and uncomfortable and unwanted, but that's just how it was. Elvis even tries at one point to hire a hitman to kill Mike Stone, but it doesn't work. So in the 70s, just before like he and Priscilla separate, officially separate, he starts seeing Joyce Bova, who is this virgin, and when she finally does relent to his charms, shall we say, she realises he's not... She's, he's really good at wooing people, but like when he actually performs in the bedroom, he's uh, lacklustre at best. So like, and this is like reported by like Sybil Shepherd, um, uh, Beverly Lee, Joyce Bova, so on and so forth. So Joyce finds that she's pregnant, but Elvis said if they were, if she ever had a baby, he would never touch her again. Uh, so she had an abortion and didn't tell him. So the next woman in his life was Linda Thompson, Miss Tennessee, nineteen seventy-two. Also a virgin. Surprise, surprise. So basically, she ended up becoming the caretaker for Elvis. She moved into Graceland. She would have to care for him. She would have to watch over him whenever he took drugs. Sometimes he'd fall asleep while eating and she would have to dig food out of his mouth to make sure he didn't choke to death. So he's like going a bit nuts. He's constantly eating. He's taking out his boozing. He's on drugs. He's basically trying to fill a void. Um, that apparently no 14-year-old virgin can. And because he's, like, constantly spending money, he has to fire three of his bodyguards. So eventually, Miss Tennessee leaves because she can't be dealing with this. And Elvis sets his sights on Miss Tennessee, 1976. Ginger Aldrin. So basically, Ginger and her sister Terry went to meet Elvis and he challenged them to a wrestle. And her big sister Terry one and so Elvis got rid of her because he didn't feel very macho and he had a thing for Ginger because she was you know she because she looked innocent and he started spending money helping out her family love bombing her but Ginger wasn't like Ginger looked innocent but she wasn't the wallflower that he was used to so she loved going to parties and bars and clubs and hanging out with six of guys and she wasn't she wasn't just gonna wait at home and perform for him like a dancing monkey whenever he fucking wanted because you know she had her priorities so he decides to be a manipulating bastard and uses his money and his power to you know help his help her mom get a divorce and landscape her fucking and like landscape the house and give her a swimming pool and all this other stuff. Also, in addition, furthermore, and in a move that surprises absolutely fucking no one, are we really surprised that Elvis was um abusive? 
One time when she decided she wanted to leave, Elvis got angry at her and fired a shotgun at her. Surprise, surprise, she stayed. So Elvis is like constantly eating. He's, you know, again, trying to fill this hole. And so he's got this yogurt addiction of all things. And he's like, bring me more yogurt, Ginger. So she tells him he doesn't need any more yogurt. And he gets mad and they go to sleep. And she is awakened by the sound of a 57 Magnum pistol being shot because he has shot the headboard just above her head to quote-unquote get her attention. So on August 15th, 1977, Elvis had friends over at Graceland. He played the piano, he was singing until the morning, he goes and plays some racquetball. He basically takes codeine and um, this other narcotic pain reliever, partly for dental pain, and about half eight in the morning he goes to the toilet. I know the common myth is that Elvis died on the toilet, No, Elvis didn't die on the toilet. Elvis died on the floor between the toilet and the bedroom. So he was actually found on the floor of the dressing room. So he was basically on his knees, hunched over with his trousers around his ankles. So he probably started to die on the toilet, but then made it just about to the dressing room where he collapsed. So basically there's vomit everywhere. There's vomit in the adjacent room, there's vomit on the floor, there's vomit in the shag carpeting, in the bathroom. It's it's everywhere. So by 2pm, Ginger's like, where is he? She goes and finds him and she calls, you know, obviously the hospital. Come in, they grab him, they take him to the hospital and he's he's already been dead for a while but everyone's panicking uh, to the point where they're shoving the breathing apparatus down his throat so hard, they break his front teeth. And Elvis is eventually pronounced dead 3.30pm on the 16th of August, 1977. And Elvis came into the world in drama and he left the world in drama, but he wasn't finished yet because on the day of his funeral, there was this vigil being held outside of Graceland and this drunk driver comes careening round the road, hits three teenage girls at the vigil. One gets thrown in the air, one is dragged under the car, and one is pinned to the front. Two out of the three girls die. Thus ends the story of Elvis Aaron Presley. So even though he appropriated black culture by stealing their music, was physically and emotionally abusive, and was a misogynist, and you know, a paedophile, did make some banging chins though, right? That makes up for it apparently. So, uh, you know me, I like to have recommendations for watching, listening, uh, reading. First of all, for watching, I would recommend that you see Shang-Chi. It's so good. I love it so much. So good. Uh, it's Marvel did it again. They just keep knocking stuff at the park. I don't have any reading suggestions this week because I haven't read any books recently. Apart from, obviously, my research. Listening-wise, I absolutely want to suggest, um, it's not a podcast this time, every week, Wednesdays, I think from 8.30, it's either 8 or 8.30, um, GMT, Sci-Fi Radio with Mr. Vestic, um, it's sci-fi for your Wi-Fi. It's not always, like, sci-fi, like, themes and music and stuff, you can basically request anything, but it is good fun, and I highly recommend you go listen. Uh, but that is everything, and I'm tired. And, um, and I just realised how long this is and how much I've got to edit. 
But I am going to bid you all good night. Oh, don't forget, if you like this episode, you can go and uh, give me five stars and review me on 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 Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or any of the podcasting apps that you're listening to. I'd greatly appreciate it. You can follow me on all the social medias. You can help keep the lights on by either going to patreon.com slash who did what now pod or who did what now pod paypal paypal dot thing i don't know what is it i'll figure it out it's all in the link description down below and i will see you all next week adios au revoir au revoir my friends bye bye as a long time foreign correspondent i've worked in lots of places but nowhere as important to the world as china I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts.